This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Nirvana Sisters Podcast, where we take the intimidation out of well-being and beauty to help you achieve your highest state, your nirvana. We are sisters-in-law and your hosts. I'm Amy Sherman. And I'm Katie Chandler. So let's get into some real conversation. Welcome to the show, Nirvana Sisters. We are sitting down today with Justine Limos. Justine is an Ayurveda practitioner, PhD, and founder of Shakti Path. Today, Justine is going to help us better understand Ayurveda practices and all that it entails. We're going to touch on a few other um, really interesting topics like Tantra and, and Kundalini and so much more, but we want to get into the nitty gritty of what Ayurveda is and Justine, what you do for your clients and how it helps people improve their wellness, their health and their well-being. So thank you for coming to the show. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, yeah, so I nice really to meet appreciate you. it. Yeah. So we're going to take a step back really quickly because we like to start our show with a nirvana of the week or of the day, um, whatever your nirvana may be. So I'm just going to kick it to Amy first. What was your nirvana, Amy? Oh, let's see. Well, I think my nirvana from today was Katie and I had a really great um, meeting this morning with someone that we just totally vibed with um, to talk about some future stuff for Nirvana sisters and retreats. And just um, it's always nice to meet someone that's in your space and who's like minded and it just kind of like rejuvenates all your ideas and creativity. So it's just like really nice to meet her. So um, that was my nirvana of the day. Just connecting. What about you? I love that. Yeah, I love that. That was a great moment. Um, I think mine was just right before we got on. As you can tell, I have my bathing suit on, which is not super professional, but I just did like 10 laps in my pool and it was my exercise for the day and I felt really great afterwards. It was just kind of invigorating, woke me up. Um, so it was good. I don't I do not do laps often. It's hard. It's really, really mm, hard, yeah. but I, I know it's such a great workout. So it, it, it was good. It was very nice. What about you, Justine? What was yours? I got up really early, like as the sun was just rising and just had this really beautiful glowing meditation, like in the early, early Amrit nectar hours of this morning. So that was just really nice. Oh, that sounds lovely. And for yeah, our listeners, we were just talking before we got on. Justine lives in Northern California near the Redwoods. So we were just mm-hmm. listening to her, the dreamy landscape that she's around. <laughs> so super, super cool. Okay, so let's get into it because I've heard this word and I've heard people talk about it, but I really don't know what it means and what it entails. So kind of give us the 101. Tell us about the world of Ayurveda, if I'm even saying it right, and what Mm -hmm. it all means. Mm -hmm. So Ayur, A-Y-U-R, Ayur means life. And Veda means knowledge or teaching or science. We could even say science. So Ayurveda is the science of life. It's the knowledge Mm -hmm. of how to live life with the most joy and bliss and radiance possible. Mm. And uh, joy and bliss and radiance and health in Ayurveda from an Ayurvedic perspective is really a state of equanimity, a state of balance, but also a state of deep engagement. It's not like we achieve some 
ivory tower that then we're like crystallized and we don't do anything. No, it's the science of being alive and how to live well, really. How do you live well from birth until death? Like having the most juicy and wonderful life possible. So this is what Ayurveda is. It's a science of wellness, but more than just a science of wellness. It's a not just a philosophy of how to live, but a practice of how to live. And its sister sciences are yoga um, and Jyotish, Vedic astrology, also Tantra. And um, so in that knowledge of how to live under that umbrella, it's inclusive of lifestyle daily lifestyle routines and tips and things that we do to move throughout the day things that we do to move throughout a week things that we do through to move throughout a month a lunar cycle things that we do to move throughout a season or a time in life we're very different when we're children we need different care when we're children than we do when we're in middle age than we would do when we are old and so under that vast umbrella it includes nutrition, it includes herbal remedies, it includes essential oils, it includes cleansing, it includes uh, uh, ways to process emotion. It includes all of these things because it really examines the person as whole. So it has under its rubric forms of psychology as well as forms of nutrition. And as Ayurveda has come into the West, mostly via yoga, um and yoga journal unfortunately it has been like categorized as just another diet system Mm -hmm. like the paleo like some people like i'm paleo or i do keto or i do this or that and instead it's like oh no i eat ayurvedically well that's great i'm glad if you eat from an ayurvedic perspective that is wonderful for your health and wellness but ayurveda is not just that it's a whole science of being alive and is it it's kind of a lifestyle that one would practice which would include all different types of elements um it can be yes it can be a lifestyle it can also be used uh to remedy you know as a practitioner of ayurveda i'll have people that will come to me because you know they have eczema or they have hot flashes or they have um difficult menstrual cycle or whatever it is and then we can use it to remedy imbalances in the body, much as you would use Chinese medicine or another um, so-called alternative practice of health and wellness. But then once things are in their balance, then yes, we live an Ayurvedic lifestyle to maintain that balance and wellness and radiance uh, in the body, yeah, in the body and in the mind. Where does it originate from? So the origins of Ayurveda are in ancient India. It's a system that has been around for about 5,000 years of experimentation and trial and error. And we pull that knowledge through from about 5,000 years to the modern day era. Okay. Is there any connection? I recently uh, started doing transcendental meditation and there's a connection there because it's the, the TM is Vedic. Is that Ayurveda? So like all of these sciences that have their origins in ancient India are all intertwined. They're all intertwined like the, like the branches of a tree. And so Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who brought transcendental meditation TM to the West was also very involved as a Vaija, as an Ayurvedic practitioner. 
And he actually has a whole school of Ayurveda and uh, a whole product line that I think is a very, very good product line called Maharishi Ayurvedic Products International. One reason why I think that that product line is so, so great is because they triple test their herbs for heavy metals, which is not frequently done. And sometimes people can get into like taking ashwagandha and it might not be the most pure, even if it says organic because of how testing is done. And that company has the formulas that were created by some very great Ayurvedic vijas, Ayurvedic uh, knowledge holders, Ayurvedic doctors, if you will. It's more than just a doctor. And they uh, sell those particular formulas rebranded. And so, yes, there's absolutely an overlap between TM and Ayurveda. That said, just because we're practicing TM doesn't mean we're practicing Ayurveda. And just because we're practicing Ayurveda doesn't mean we're necessarily a TM practitioner like that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. All right. So it's very vast and broad, as you said, and I, I want to think of the best way to kind of tackle it, to bring to our listener, to help them understand how they could use Ayurvedic practices for themselves. Where do you think is a good place for someone to start? So thank you for asking. Um, One of the wisdoms that we have inherited from Ayurveda is the wisdom of the doshas. And this will probably, you may have heard of, or your listeners may have heard of, that Ayurveda talks about three universal intelligences that manifest in the universe, that manifest through us, that manifest in all of reality. And these three universal intelligences are vata, pitta, and kapha. And so this is becoming more and more uh, frequently found terminology. Now, what are these doshas? How do they manifest? How do we figure out which dosha we are? Because we all carry a predominant dosha something that is like our cardinal blueprint. And if we can learn to live well in that blueprint, then we, then our body and our mind does really well. So um, vata dosha is like air and ether. It's like air and ether. It's very rough and light and dry and movable and changeable. And people who have more vata dosha in their constitution tend to be very thin, ectomorphic, very wiry, very creative. But because air is always moving around, they tend towards anxiety. They tend towards dryness in the body. They can tend towards constipation. They can tend towards disrupted sleep. All these types of things are typical kinds of vata dosha aggravation. Pitta dosha people, are like fire and a little bit of water. They're really intense. They're really penetrating. These are the type A personalities. Like you find them in the boardroom. You find them as the like intense athletes. You find them doing extreme sports. And they tend towards problems of too much heat, like hot flashes, like uh, rashes, like anger, like irritation, like uh, frustration. All these things are pitta dosha typical imbalance. And then there are kapha dosha people. Uh, oh, and pitta dosha people, they're like muscular, they're athletic, you know, they're like the, the strong gymnasts, etc. Kapha dosha people 
are, are like earth and water. So this is very steady, very slow, very sweet energy. And these people tend to have larger bodies um, and tend towards, um, towards laziness. Like they just want to relax and enjoy. And they're the sweetest people to be around. They don't put any pressure on you. And they give you like the best hugs. Like we all have a Kafa Dosha friend. <laughs> and we're like, oh, that person, they're just so nice to us, right? But Kafa Dosha people can tend towards weight gain. It's like very hard for them to lose weight. They can tend towards like hoarding and greediness and re emotional repression and these types of things. And so how these three doshas interplay in each of us and how one is more dominant for each of us and knowing which one is most dominant for each of us gives us a clue for how to live our life hmm. because like increases like like increases like this means and like i have a lot of vata dosha um for a vata dosha person travel is really vata dosha aggravating because it's more movement or being at elevation is really aggravating or cold weather is really aggravating. So like the worst thing a Vata Dosha person can do to keep them is to go up to a mountaintop in the winter and try to run a marathon. Like that's a no go. And if that person does it, when they finish that marathon, they're going to be all depleted and they're going to be out of balance and they're not going to feel good. Right. They need to be like covered in warm blankets and eating warm soup and oiling their body so that they don't get all dried out. So at the at the most simple level, which just working with opposites and like um, opposites and similarities to create balance in the body and in the mind and at the soul level. That's so it's interesting. interesting. As you're, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, was, I was thinking of all the people that I know that are each thing, right? Weren't you, right? Amy? Were you yeah. doing the same thing? <laughs> yeah. And then I was thinking, well, what am I? And that's what, that was my, my next question was going to be. So there's the three, what are they called again? Doshas. 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 So does everybody have all three or is it just like there's one that's more dominant? Because I was thinking like I'm probably a combination yep. of a yep, lot yep, of those. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how does so, one like kind yeah. of figure out what one's more prominent totally. or? Yeah. So we all have all three. If we didn't, we'd be dead. Okay. Right? The Kapha Dosha is our immunity and our strength and our stability. Pitta Dosha is how we transform things, how we digest things, how we digest food. And vata dosha is our nervous system. It's how we communicate. It's how we move. But it's like, you know, one of those like graphs or like one of those bar graphs where you've got a lot of one and less of the mm -hmm. others. Yeah. And so most of us have one or two that's like really pumped up and one that is just less in us, right? So you probably have a lot of pitta and some vata and maybe less kapha like that. I'm just if I had to guess, just looking at you, because we can look at certain things in the body, in the face, in the eyes that give us a clue as to those doshas, right? Now, we can do like a quiz online. I have a quiz. Mm -hmm. There's like these different ways. The best way is to go to a practitioner because mm -hmm. they're really going to be able to tell you. We can do some self-analysis. Like really, if we look at our bone structure, our body shape, like there's stuff like if your finger overlaps around your wrist, um, like how it, you know, that will give us some clue. Like if you're very small boned, 
you probably have more vata dosha. Like I'm a very small person, but the, but I'm not completely vata dosha. I definitely have some pitta dosha. I definitely have like muscular strength and a, like I'm slightly athletic. Um, and truly, truly vata dosha people can appear like emaciated. It's like the twiggy model. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like those people who are just like, oh my God, you're like bones sticking everywhere. Not because of an eating disorder. That's just who they are and how they are. We can also feel it in like the handshake of a person. Like, like if the hands are very cold and kind of a limp handshake, that's a vata dosha person. Like the very strong, warm handshake, that's a pitta dosha person. Like a warm, soft pillow or just a soft pillow around your hand, that's going to be a more kapha dosha person. The other thing I like to say, which is probably not PC, but it's okay. I'm going to say it anyhow, um, <laughs> is that like butt shape is a really clear indication of dosha. And this is not butt shaming at all. Oh, okay? let's hear this. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bata dosha people like have no butt. Like it just disappears. They've got no booty. Like they can't shake it. There's okay, that's not back me. there. Right? <laughs> that's me. The pitta dosha <laughs> that's person, Katie. the pitta dosha person, their butt like sticks out at you. Like they've got a really nice shelf butt, right? It's like, it's like that, you know that, like in its, in its exalted form, it's like the really great gymnast butt that's just yeah. like all perky and like sticks yeah, out. Yeah, I wish I and had the, that. That's, right, no, that is you, Amy. Dosha, no, it's not. Right? No, I, you have pitta dosha. You're probably pitta dosha. Um, and the kapha dosha butt tends to go wide. Like kapha dosha butts can be like this very beautiful round. <laughs> that's butt, me. Right? <laughs> and you maybe could pitta sub kapha, right? You definitely have some pitta dosha that's there in the constitution. But there are these ways of determining. And so then like you think about that, that bar graph, right? That's like, I have a lot of vata and I have some pitta and I have less kapha. But then we can get imbalanced. So we can be a vata dosha person, but we can have an extreme pitta dosha balance, imbalance rather. We're a vata dosha person, but all of a sudden we've got a huge pitta dosha imbalance, like, cause we're eating tons of garlic and tons of chili and we're sunbathing all day long. And we're just doing all these things and we're angry. We're angry about our job that is looking into a computer screen, which is really um, uh, fiery to the senses. And then all of a sudden we get heat imbalance. We get hot flashes or we get rashes or we get anger. We get irritability. So you can be a constitutional type and have an imbalance that is from a different dosha. Yeah. It's funny that you were saying that um, because I was thinking like my wrists are really small. And then Mm -hmm. I was saying like my butt's on like, Mm -hmm. it's not the shelf, butt. so it's like, it's interesting that you were saying that. So essentially, is it like you have maybe two dominant, one not as mm-hmm. do- dominant, and then you you basically work, you do practices to make sure that you're staying in that balance. And then if it gets off balance, there are things you can do to get it back in that balance. That's precisely right. Back in that balance for you. Right. Not for somebody else. And that's the magic of the whole system is like, you know, if we go to the Western doctor, the Western doctor gives the 250 pound man the same med that they give to me as like an extremely small woman. Right. Yeah. And that that's like, I mean, maybe they'll reduce the dosage, but it's essentially the same medication. Ayurveda says, no, like you are different. You are unique. You need the medicine that is right for you. And that me- and that everything in the world can be medicine. It's very beautiful. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is beautiful. And you were talking about hormonal balance and hot flashes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that also leads me to believe that based on um, 
what type of woman you are, you would treat those types of things differently, which is so interesting because I was talking to a friend the other day and she's 50 and she was Mm -hmm. talking to me about, she's like, well, I don't have any like menopause symptoms, but I know other people that are my age that are doing this and they're getting happy. She's like, I don't have any of that. And so that just made me think that their doshas are different. Yes. Is she more kapha dosha in her body? Which one is that? The third one you mentioned? That's, uh, the third one. Yes. yes. Earth and water and more grounded and a bit mm-hmm. heavier in the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she doesn't have that heat pumping through and she has more grounding and she has more what we call ojas, which is like this beautiful life energy, which can also go sour and become toxic. But because she has that grounding and actually that fat layer creates a buffer to some of the hormonal imbalances that women who are more vata, more really skinny, more pitta, more athletic and really intense tend to get. So there's this really, yes, you are exactly right. That's so you've interesting. Got it. Now you, now you've got it. You've got the whole thing. <laughs> so what are, if you're, if you're imbalanced, what are some things yeah. that you can do to, to balance? Yeah. Um, so it, it really depends upon that particular person, what their imbalance is, how much capacity they have for change. And mm-hmm. one thing that I'm always looking to do in my practice and in my courses is like, I could give you a list of like 25 things to do and things to eat and not eat. And like, but if you don't do any of them, that's not going to work well. So instead, I want to give you like three things that will create massive shift for you and then you'll feel so successful and you'll feel better and then you can take more change and make more shift right that's smart and and so thank you so it's really unique to what that imbalance is um and who that person is right um we always have to be matching the the remedies to that person's constitution and to what the imbalance is and looking for this is the difference between a clinical practitioner which i am and like a kind of lifestyle consultant or something like i'm looking for how did this imbalance come to be what are the deep roots of this imbalance like is this an imbalance that you've been working on for 25 years is this an imbalance that actually has its origin in the relationship to your mother like where where did this come from And go to the source of that and create like deep, profound change at the source of that. And do you have a a lot of um, patients or clients that come to you Mm -hmm. that are dealing with things like autoimmune disease or Mm -hmm. Lyme disease, like, you you know, these, all of these different afflictions? Do you see a lot of that? Um, I do see some autoimmune. I do see a lot of hormone imbalance, hormone shift. Like that's a time when women are suddenly like, it can be a really a crisis time for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I see a lot of that. Um, I also do a lot of work with sexuality and um, like sexual um, radiance, really, for women who are like, wait, my hormones are shifting. I don't want to have sex or I have vaginal dryness or I have like, like all these things going on, how do I, how do I move through this? Like, what is this new pattern of being? So that's some somewhere that I really work with a lot too. Now, does that touch on Tantra? Is that? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
So tell let's us a little that. bit about that. Yeah, <laughs> All right. I mean, let's talk about my only knowledge time. of it is hearing about Sting and his beautiful wife practicing tantric sex. That's oh, right. really all I've ever heard. So, so, so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it so much. Um, I forgot about that. <laughs> okay. So tantra means to weave. It means to weave together. And um, tantra is that we have to talk about neo-tantra which is like kind of like westernized soulful sex, which is cool and great. And why not? Like, great. Up-level your sex life. (laughs) Go there with some incense, friends. Definitely (laughs) have a lot of fun. Um, And then we can talk about Tantra as as a philosophic current from ancient India that presupposes that every aspect of the manifest world is divine and is a pathway towards experiencing divinity and bliss. Very radical, like everything, the trash dump pathway to divinity and bliss, like every single thing is a conduit. And therefore the tantras do teach us that sex and sexuality is one such pathway and that it is fundamentally intertwined with our health, well-being, and our radiance, our vitality. And um, so that's what I'm going to say about that. That's it? That's all you're going to give us? <laughs> give us more. Oh, I'll give you more. What do you want? Katie wants the juicy. What do you want? Yeah, I want to know. I mean, I so, okay. So what I took from that was that mm. your sexual desire how much of a sexual being you feel, how, how radiant and feminine you feel is all part of your wellness. And Mm -hmm. to be able to tap into that, you know, Mm. for, if a woman is struggling and going through hormonal imbalances and has no sex drive, and then you just start to feel like you don't feel feminine anymore. And you start Mm. to feel like you're losing a softness to you Mm. and a a desire and a passion. Mm. That's all part of it. So you're saying Tantra, the, that's part of, of well-being. That's part of life. And that's the focus. Exactly right. Um, and then we, I mean, in, we can talk about, I mean, there are advanced rituals and practices and all sorts of, all sorts of voodoo juju that we can, that we can <laughs> talk about a little bit. And a lot of it is, is secret. That said, uh, working with vital winds and energies in the body and in the mind is, um, and, and working with energetic alchemies, right? To transform and transmute energetic states in the body and in the mind and to not be contained in this mundane reality is all part of the teaching, right? And then you would probably teach differently again, based on what Mm -hmm. type of What's the name again? I'll take the doshas. Yeah. Dosha. Um, totally. You are. So, yes. Yeah. Right. So interesting. And yeah. so, we're going to, um, a friend of mine, uh, a dear colleague and a friend, we're going to actually teach a course on Tantra for women soon. That's like involves many of the so called secret practices, et cetera. That's on like the chakra system. You guys know the chakra system, right? The yes. Blah, blah, blah. It's on the chakra system and sex. It's on like jade egg rituals from a Taoist perspective. It's on like, bliss drop practices in the energetic body where you're moving 
inner winds and channels to experience like deep, overwhelming bliss in the present moment when you're not having sex, right? And wow. then you're like driving through the pickup line trying to pick up your kid and you're like, oh my God, I'm having an orgasm right now. What? Better keep it cool. Keep going. <laughs> keep going into the pickup line. That never happens. It never happens. It doesn't happen, right? <laughs> Oh that's my God, so that's funny. hilarious. That's great. Um, I want to go back to what you were saying just before. You were saying about how you, you know, you prescribe like three things, let's say, or give yeah. someone three things to do based on their, what they're struggling with or whatever. Are those three things like, is it food related? Is it like, um, like a herbs? It totally like, depends the... person to person. It totally okay. depends. Like, yeah person to person. And um, we haven't talked about Vedic astrology. I'll talk about it a little bit. Oh yeah, but, I want to hear about that um, a little bit. Yeah, I want to talk about it in just a second. But it depends, like what level needs the remedy? Like if if it's something that's actually in your mind that the problem is originating from, I can give you, and this happens with weight loss all the time. I have to just be straight with you guys. I'm pretty straight with you guys. I've already talked about orgasms in the pickup line. So we're like really <laughs> good. That is going here. to stick totally, with me. Right? I know. <laughs> It's like in your mind now. I'm sorry. We're just, we've gone there. Like really great friends. Um, so what the heck was I talking about? Um, you were talking about loss, if it's in the head. Yeah. Weight loss. Weight loss. It's my least favorite thing in my practice. I pretty much don't do it anymore. If somebody yeah. comes and says, I want to lose weight, I'm like, uh-uh. Why is that? Because nine times out of 10, I can put them on any diet in the world. They won't lose weight because it is something in their mind and it's a deep seated fear. And it's like all of this pent up emotion and like all of this stuff that unless they address that, what is keeping it in place, then the diet doesn't work. Right. right. So it depends yeah. like what remedies we need depends upon like where, where you are and which level of the self we are addressing. Is it just the physical body? Is it the mind? Is it the energetic body? Like we were just talking about the chakras. Maybe your heart chakra needs to be really opened. Now we can do that through some rose essential oil, or we can do it with like specific sexual positions if that's what, where you want to go. Right. Um, or you're open to, or, you know, that we, there's all these different remedies depending upon that person and what they need. And it's my job to like see Pimpline that person, it. yeah, to see that person and then, then understand that remedy, which will bring them to a, a layer of awakening to themselves, right? To where so, it all starts to, to work and, yeah. and start, things start falling yeah. into place. You would yeah. appreciate this. And I, I wonder if you've heard of it, if it's related at all, but I just recently signed up for a 30 day course, a hip mm -hmm. opener course, because nice. Nice, nice. I have had a lot of hip pain lately. And mm -hmm. I was reading that mm -hmm. you hold trauma in your hips. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I thought I'm going to give this a try. So right? I'm doing, yeah. I just, yeah, I'm going to start it tomorrow. But is that, Great. is that, I yeah, totally. Second, oh, cool. second chakra, sacral chakra is, is, is the water element. And it absolutely relates to emotions and emotional flow and how we contain and hold emotion and how we process emotion. And so hip openers are great. Very cool. I have a question. Cause this might be something that's on a lot of people's mind, just like over the last few years, there's been so much anxiety, um, you know, yeah. all over the place. And so, and when you were saying before, if something's more in the mind, it's not physical, but it's like anxiety or things like that. 
how can, I mean, I know this is so broad and it depends on the person and what type they are, but is there something someone could do in their daily life to like ease anxiety? Um, I'm just trying to yeah, think of like something that would be common tip. to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there are so many different things, but um, the most, the easiest remedy for that is to walk slower like when you are going to your car, you know, we get into that, like, okay, I've got to get I to always going past, out of yeah. the grocery store and I'm getting into the car and I'm just, and I'm checking my phone and I'm in and, and like the radio's on and like all of this, just walk slowly yeah, between point down. A and point B. And that's it. Like even like feel like you're a gorilla, like what? Cause get back into your body. Because anxiety is when we are in the future or the past. And if we can come back right now, like into any mindful state, then it dissipates, right? I love so that. So that's one like totally simple remedy. Just walk. That's great. That's good for slower. kids too. When kids get so all crazy about something. Yeah. yeah. So good for kids. Like I'll do this with my kid. I'll be like, okay, name five things that are present right now. And they'll be like, eh, I don't, eh, eh. and I'll be like, no, name five things. And they'll be like, I see my shoe. I see the picture on the wall. And by the time they've done five, they're done, right? Because they're back. They've like, re- they've like soul retrieved with some crystals and some yeah, feathers. Yeah, they like a, reset. Right? Yeah. yeah, totally. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love so that. I wanna, That's great. I want to hear about. It was the Vedic astrology that yeah. you yeah yeah that's yeah, yeah we can't we can't miss that so help okay. us better understand okay so it's another one of these huge sciences that has its origins in ancient India and I use Vedic astrology as an Ayurvedic practitioner most many Ayurvedic practitioners do not practice Jyotish which is another name for Vedic astrology it's the science of light so it's how light manifests in the universe through you. And so Vedic astrology is accurate to what is actually happening in the sky right now. Whereas Western astrology is accurate to what was happening in the sky 2000 years ago. Oops. Mm. I, I, Western astrology really triggers me. So I'm just going to put it aside right now um, because it's not accurate. That's why it's it like horoscopes it's like, and like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. it's also not accurate. Like when yeah. people are like, oh, the moon is in cancer. If you look up astrologic astronomically at the sky, the moon is not in cancer right now. It's actually, we just had a new moon in Gemini, mm-hmm. right? It's it's just not right. So that's a problem for me. Yeah. But anyhow, people love it. So I'll, I'll let them I'll let them do their thing. I'll do my thing. Okay. Uh, so it's accurate to what is actually happening in the sky and how we, it shows us the blueprint of the karma that that soul has come into this lifetime to work on. So really big stuff, really big stuff. Like, have I come into this lifetime to learn how to be better at relationship? Have I come into this lifetime to learn about addiction? Like that's some pretty heavy karma, right? Have I come into this lifetime to learn about cancer? That's some pretty heavy karma, right? Or have I come into this lifetime to learn about money? Like, and we think of these things as good or bad. They aren't good or bad. It's like, what has my soul chosen or been propelled in this lifetime to learn learn about? Hmm. 
Wow. And so when we look at that, then that gives me a picture. That's where I usually start when I'm working with a one-on-one client, because, you know, why is one child born perfect and another child is born with a, a deformed arm, right? That has no reason. That has no reason except for if we look at these bigger karmic pictures. So why have you manifested in this particular way, this particular slice of light coming into the universe, right? And those karmic lessons that we're learning, it's like we go to a climbing gym and like the first time we climb the wall, we're like, oh my God, that's so hard. All of my muscles are like jello and I'm exhausted. But then we go back again and we climb it again and it feels better but we're still learning about this new territory. And similarly, this is what we do over and over and over and over in our lifetimes, right? We know this, we like date this guy who's an asshole. We date this guy who is not very nice. And and then we're like, you can say asshole, it's okay. Thank you, I I didn't know what kind of podcast we're on. I mean, I've already gone there. But um, so we date this guy and he's unavailable right? Unavailable men, like that karma, right? And then we're like, I'm not going to do that. So then we date another guy. And guess who do we date? Another right. unavailable guy, right? Because we, it's like with these things that we're getting a PhD on in this lifetime. It's not that, like, we just get better and better and better and better at this thing. But when we look at the chart, we can provide, um, we can provide the wisdom. It's, it's so helpful to be seen in this way, to be like, oh, that's who you are. I see what you are working on. It Does like it help just, you understand the why? Witnessing. Yes, Does it helps it gives you understand you the, why. the why. So how okay. do you how do you do it? Like, what is it? Mm-hmm. Like, how does one Yeah, yeah. Do this? So we, we need the birth date, time, and place. Mm. Um, and then <clears throat> there are charts within charts within charts. And like, I, I use a software that, that pulls up the chart so that oh. I can see all of these I mean, it's a system of signs and symbols, and oh, then wow. it's it's our job to interpret those. So you do moments. the readings, yeah, and then that then informs that person kind of what they're. Yeah, so if I'm if I'm doing just like an Ayurveda, I don't mean just, but if I'm doing a health consult, I'll look at it and just be like, okay, this is the picture, and this is this will tell me a great information, and then I leave that, and then we're going into like what are you eating every day? And when do you go to sleep? And how much alcohol are you drinking? And like, what are these other factors? But then if I'm just doing a chart reading, we'll spend an hour and a half or two hours just looking at like, what are the, what are you working on in this lifetime? And then what if people, sorry, then what if people, I'm just trying to like, um, for lack of a better word, like dumb it down for myself. Like what if people, like you read their, um, you do a reading for them, like based on their mm-hmm. birthday, all that, mm-hmm. then like they learn kind of what they're here for. Then what do they mm-hmm. do with that? Do mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, I do. We do have remedies for when there are difficulties mm-hmm. in the chart. And um, then there's also the fact that like, there's the time that you were born and that's like your blueprint. And then there's stuff that's happening right now, mm-hmm. right? That overlays that. And so we can see when times are going to be difficult for you. And that's really helpful to know, like, wow, that's going to be a really hard time for me, right? I'm going, I'm going to lose my job and my boyfriend's going to break up with me, whatever it is, right? That's going to be a hard time. And just knowing that is like, okay, yeah, it's not the end of the world. This is what is happening right now. Um, and it's also a framework for 
understanding reality, understanding reality that is incredibly potent. Hmm. It also seems like it would be, you know, so many people say they're searching for their why and like, why are they here? What is their, Mm -hmm. what are they supposed to be doing on this planet? And if this is giving your karma, then I kind of tell you that. Exactly right. That insight. Yes. And then you can do something with it. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. It's like that knowledge. And then you. That's interesting. I want to get a reading. It sounds very cool. (laughs) I know. It does sound cool. Yeah. Amazing. It's it's all very, like, it's, uh, I I mean, it's so much more vast. Like, we talk about it all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I know. I was going to say that too. Yeah. Um, Yeah it would be so interesting to just have like deep dives on each one of these things because mm-hmm. we just are like scratching the surface. It sounds like there's mm-hmm. just so much underneath to, mm-hmm. to, to learn about. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll have to like have you back to talk. I'll more come back. About, I like you guys. Maybe we do a section on Tantra <laughs> and we do a section, <laughs> right. on, do a section like, on the pickup line at school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there's just so much to get into. And I feel like we could do a whole <laughs> session on Vedic, um, right. astrology, astrology, like, yeah. yeah, which is super interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, we're going to, I want to hear about, yeah, go ahead. So you do summer, you do retreats as well, right, Justine? I T- tell us about your summertime retreat. bliss retreat. I do a summer, I do a summertime retreat and I do a wintertime retreat. Um, summertime bliss retreats coming up here in July. Um, it's in California near Nevada city, which is like this super spiritual yummy place. And we do a five day retreat and we dive deep into all of these things and into practice. And it's, I don't know if you, have you ever been on a retreat, like a spiritual or yoga retreat before? I have, but not like, I have, but not like, not that like more so it's so relaxing because you don't even have to think about what you're gonna eat you know like even if you're Mm -hmm. on vacation you have to be like okay to make the decision this restaurant whatever it's like that's one of the most relaxing things about retreat is like your food is like this amazing organic food and it appears before you Mm -hmm. and so it just like takes away all of this pressure and we just we do yoga and alchemical practices and fire rituals and water healings and just like really, really it's amazing. Yeah, it's it super sounds- fun. Yeah. So my summertime retreat is there in Nevada City. I think I have one space left. And then in the wintertime, generally I do like a kind of invite only retreat, which means like if you're if you if you contact me and you're cool, you can come. But <laughs> summertime is open. And it seems like you can tell just from looking at someone where yeah, they fit. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I just like vibe them out and then I read their mind. I use my psychic skills. And really cool. um, so wintertime retreat is going to be a women's tantra retreat this winter. I'm super excited. Oh, nice. I'm working on the details of it. Very cool. So, you know, my husband will buy come. me a ticket tomorrow. Seriously. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. I'm sending you. I want you to come. It's going to be so much fun. Very cool. Very cool. Love it. Okay. I know. I was like this upcoming tantra course that I um, that I'm gonna do in the fall. It's a six week course for women about tantric sex and sexuality. We'll touch on some of the neo tantra stuff, but it's very much from this kind of rooted position and place. I was talking to my 
friend who does marketing and I was like, can I just market towards men and like get them to buy it for their wives? Like he was like, yeah, you can probably do that. He was like, you might pick up a few. Yeah, that sounds very, yeah, it sounds like the way to go. (laughs) Right? I know. So funny. Well, where can our listeners find you if they want to reach out and work with you and go to your retreats? Um, JustineLemos.com is my website. And I'm on Instagram, JustineLemosPhD. You can find me there. You can reach out. You can send me a DM. Um, I'm super responsive there. Like, I also really in like the I also have a ooh, I also run a mighty network which is like free um social media the the base level is free and I'm in there like every day that's the bliss the dash bliss.mn.co I'll send Gaia that to TV, you guys I think I read oh yeah I'm on Gaia TV I have 12 shows on Gaia and actually a big course coming out through Sattva Yoga International um but the best way is like on Instagram or on my website send me a message I love personal contact with my students and clients and like people like if you message me you're gonna really get me like not another person nice amazing yeah well this was a lot of fun this was so fun yeah we should get into our wrap session because i'm really um curious to hear some of your answers yeah the first one is what is your favorite wellness or beauty hack So um, it's what we call Abhyanga, which is a complete body oiliation that I do almost daily. What does that entail? Tell us more. Yeah. So you get warm oil. It has to be warm and you warm it up and it can be like herbalized oil or oil for specific reasons uh, or for specific purposes. And you oil your entire body. You can do your hair. um, You don't have to. And then usually you're taking a warm shower afterwards and like rubbing the oil into your body. It's this wonderful amazing self-care ritual that sounds lovely are you doing this at like a certain time of day is this a morning ritual you can do it in the morning or night I usually do it at night um yeah yeah it's like a wind down that sounds so relaxing yeah Yeah, it does gets oil everywhere I'm fine with it yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. love that okay so the next one we call our five minute flow so you just got out of the shower you dried off Mm -hmm. Um, Uber or your friend, whatever alerted you, they're five minutes away. They're picking you up. What is your quick beauty routine? Like, what are your go-to holy grails? How do you get ready and get out the door in time? I mean, ideally it wouldn't be five minutes because we want to slow down, but if you had, right, right. Totally. But like, I, I, like I, if I've oiliated, like I'm ready, like I'm ready to go. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like no frills. Like, Yeah. yeah. I mean, Make sure my armpits are shaved, spray on some deodorant. Like if it's a fancy, I might have some like mascara on. Mm. Yeah. But other than that, Easy. you're oiliated and good to go. That's ready it. to walk out the door. Yeah, that's right. I'm ready to walk out the door. Nothing. Love it. Yep. Amazing. All right. Yep. And the last one is how do you maintain your daily nirvana? Well, I think we've talked about most of it. Like, uh, you know, I practice uh, physical yoga daily. I practice uh, meditation daily. I do all of these Ayurvedic rituals and um, internal and external alchemy. So that's good fun. Love it. Justine, I feel like you 
probably have some really cool mantras. We like to close mm-hmm. our show with a mantra. Do you have any that come to mind? And I know that's I know that term. We use that term very loosely, loosely. here. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're not using it as um, Sanskrit mantras. Not necessarily right, speaking right. to that, but more just mm-hmm. like something we like to end on a note, a reminder, an affirmation, something along those lines. If you don't have anything, no pressure, but I just thought I'd ask. Right. And of course, like to me, I'm like, oh, all of the Sanskrit mantras come directly out. I'm like, oh yeah, mantras. We I'm can, like, but that's great too. Yes, yeah. please. I would love a Sanskrit mantra. I just didn't want to put the pressure on. Oh, there is no pressure. Right. <laughs> so first I'm going to chant a Gayatri mantra that invites in seven forms of light, like into us. So it's like an invocation of luminosity where we're like pouring sunlight down through us and then like emanating sun out through our pores. Like, so we're, this is the glow mantra. This is the like, get your glow mantra. Okay, yeah, ready. Bhuvasva Tatsavatur Vareniam Vargo Divyasya Dinahi Diyoyona Prachodayat There you go. That was beautiful. beautiful. Your voice is gorgeous. It's so like, it like went through me. (laughs) Me too. It was very grounding and relaxing. That That was beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was so special. Mm, Yeah, we really appreciate that. We appreciate it. So grateful for your time. I had super fun hanging out with you guys. You too. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Nirvana Sisters. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Also, find us on Instagram at Nirvana Sisters. If you loved what you just listened to or know someone that would, please share it and tag us. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of Nirvana Sisters. We'll continue to watch out for all things wellness so you don't have to. Bye. Bye.